This is the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast, a place where entertainment, creativity, culture, celebrity, current events, art, and entrepreneurship thrive. I'm your host, Kyle Langan, the founder of HamptonsToHollywood.com, which is a lifestyle website I started all the way back in 2011 to cover culture in the Hamptons and Los Angeles. I am a best-selling author and entrepreneur and started the podcast to have meaningful conversations with the creators and people that inspire me most. Okay, guys, so if you're like me, you love to entertain, and with the holidays right around the corner, I'm already thinking about what I should be making. Um, When my brother, Sean, and his girlfriend, Natalie, came to visit me last in L.A., I made them this next-level delicious pasta from a company called Wild Grain, and it tasted just as good as our Italian grandmother's handmade pasta. Seriously. Wild Grain is the first bake-from-frozen box for artisanal bread, pasta, and pastries, And I love it because they only use clean ingredients like unbleached flour and non-GMO flour and a slow sourdough fermentation process so it tastes way better than anything you're going to get in a grocery store. Trust me. This holiday season, Wild Grain is featuring delicious new limited-time sweet treats like pumpkin cinnamon rolls, orange cranberry biscuits, and chocolate avalanche croissants, which are going to be my favorite, I can already tell. All you have to do to get these is sign up at wildgrain.com slash Kyle and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. It's easy to reschedule, skip, or cancel too. So if you're hungry already, for a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash Kyle to start your subscription. You heard me? Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash Kyle. That's wildgrain.com slash Kyle. Or you can use promo code Kyle at checkout. On today's episode of the Hamptons to Hollywood podcast, I spoke to Tracy Lamourie, who is a high-profile international award-winning publicist and the founder and managing director of Lamourie Media. She's been a regular on red carpets and represents a lot of amazing talent in Hollywood and beyond. And she's also a human rights activist. And she talks about how she got her career started in publicity by saving a man who was on death row. In the episode, she talks and gives a lot of information about what people can do um, who want to get their name out there, the difference between publicity and marketing, and why having media attention to cover your brand or product is so, so important. I hope this is helpful. It was definitely eye-opening for me and made me want to be even more public than I already am. (laughs) So enjoy. Great. Well, yeah, I kind of want to just kind of jump right in and get started because I'm super impressed when I came across your bio about all the work that you've done and um, and you're definitely like the, the PR, the go-to PR girl. Like you're like the, <laughs> the queen of publicity. I've done a lot of work building my brand as well as my client's brand. So that's how, you know, that's the proof in the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> how, you Google me, you see, you know, 5,000 references and that's what I do for my clients as well. And they're across industries, you know, obviously a lot in entertainment and, um, but also in, you know, everything I find interesting. So yeah. I've done work, with, you know, interesting startups, some interesting blockchain stuff, cannabis world, you know, pretty much I, I find that um, that's my definition of success is being able to work on things that you actually 
like and enjoy and want to move forward. So. I think I think that's everybody's kind of goal. You know, that's that's the dream. Um, and it's just trying to find a way to be successful at it, which I think is, is what you help people do, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I always say, I hate that expression, fake it till you make it. I like, what I like is, I got it from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, is don't dream it, be it. So yeah. like you are, you know, just, you want to be a writer? Well, oh, start writing. Now you're a writer. You know what I mean? You want to be an actor? Well, start start believing in yourself as an actor and start finding, you know, taking the first step and reaching out and figuring out how people do it and start doing it. And then there you are, you're an actor, believe it. You know, otherwise other people spend years just, you know, wishing or, you know, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that. Well, just start doing it. And there you are. Exactly. Um, so you are, and let me just make sure, is it La Morée or La Marie? La Marie. La Marie. Okay. So you are the CEO of La Marie Media. And I just, I'm curious, kind of just to go back to the beginning, you know, why did you, or how did you get started um, in this, in publicity and as a publicist? What was it? Yeah, that's kind of a crazy story. When I was young, I wanted to be, if you'd asked me, I would have just said I wanted to be a writer. I didn't know what a publicist was. And I laugh now, I guess, you know, I am a writer, you know, I end up writing things. And, yeah. but uh, I never, certainly PR was never in my head. It was never a plan. It was a really, I don't think you'll ever talk to another publicist who came to it in the same way as I did. It was that, but, it, but honestly, it was messaging, getting messaging out. I was a young actress in my 20s. My husband, Dave Parkinson, and I were both, um, we'd had a radio show at University of Toronto when we were like, you know, 20, it was his radio show, and I came in on it when we were 23, 24. It was activists, you know, advocates. We talked about all the things we cared about, you know, in our 20s. And... Um, uh, so we were used to having a platform and then, you know, we didn't have that anymore that, you know, it passed on and we were just, you know, in sales, young, in our twenties doing sales jobs. And we ended up, you know, you were still advocates. We ended up hearing about the case. It's really, I won't veer off into this too far, but we ended up hearing about the case of a man who was wrongfully convicted, innocent on death row in Pennsylvania. And we were in our twenties, you know, we weren't publicists. We certainly weren't lawyers, but, um, Somehow that came into, you know, we were activists and that came into our realm. And, you know, we became, when we, we wrote, for some reason, we wrote, how innocent can this guy be? And we wrote to him and we got all the legal documentation and information. And then we're like, okay, well, wow. He wrote us back a 20 page letter on both sides, you know, saying I, I need help. And what do we do at that point? Now we reached out, we got all this information. We were really struck and disturbed by the information. So now that we like, Oh, that was a great read. Thank you. Well, we had to find a way to help. So we, again, we weren't publicists, we weren't lawyers, we didn't know what to do. So my husband learned how to make a website and I learned how to write a press release. And that's literally how it started. And then that was the beginning of a 19 year, we call it a campaign now, but it was just, I mean, it wasn't work. It was an activist campaign, 19 years involved before he was freed in 2017. Right. And uh, a couple of years before that, you know, that, that campaign just, and other work that we did around the death penalty that you know resulted from that got us basically taught us how to deal with the media I learned how to strategize learned how to write a press release learned how to reach out learned how to be interviewed and never never thought about doing anything professionally with that uh until i was 42 which was a couple of years before jimmy dennis was released and it suddenly occurred to me that oh you know all, meanwhile, in the intern, whenever there was a political campaign I'd get involved in, or if some friend would have something that would go wrong, I would be like, I'll write the press release. And everybody would be like, you'll write the what now? The <laughs> and so I realized that people didn't know how to deal with media. And so 
<clears throat> at 42, I just thought, oh, gee, you know, this could be something I could build a business out of, whether it's for creatives or whether it's for, um, you know, advocates or whether it's for artists, you know, but um, who need media attention. And so from there, I just started and, you know, the rest was history. Yeah. And I don't know. I, and again, <laughs> that was 10 years ago. I'm 52 now. And so literally in a decade without ever having gone to school for this, just having, you know, learned it, you know, in in the doing stuff, um, I've elevated myself to, like you said, the queen of publicity, <laughs> your word. But I mean, you know, if you Google my name, I'm everywhere. When I, if, if there's a, somebody who needs a publicist and I talk to them absolutely in the running for the job now, I put my resume up alongside anybody else in the industry with confidence. Yeah. And that's just after a decade. So the story there is not to elevate myself, but to talk about how we all really, you know, we don't need somebody else. To, to validate us we don't really need to go PR is a five-year career five years in school you know or you can just start doing it and, and prove yourself and show and nobody asked me where I went to school nobody cares they see the list of successes this long right. you know so now I can brag that I didn't go to school and they're like teach me now I go to the schools to educate and to teach them and to to be a speaker and a keynote speaker to classes about yeah. you know so that's, anyway, that's how I got into it. It's hard to make that a short story, but no, but I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about the that person that you were yeah. advocated for because, I mean, it's such. But and so it was interesting but how that was the story. I mean, that's, that's how, how I got it. into it. You know, without ever planning to. So I never plan. And then the nice part of it is looking back. You know, is now I have this career. We always laugh because publicist is, you know, when TV wants to show someone's glamorous, if they're not an actor, they're a publicist, you know, and it's true, there's the VIP parties, and there's the travel, and this is literally, I'm like, how is this my life now, and literally, I mean, that, it doesn't make any sense, I'm going to Malta, I'm going right. to Southern France, and, but, and literally, why did this all happen, because I start, you know, as an advocate, we started helping someone nobody was listening to, and so you never know what's, you know, it's where life is going to take you, but, and think the, think also about you know to the listener what you do in your life whether it's something you love whether it's a passion you have whether it's a cause or but what what do you do the part of your life that you don't think about as work you know or as your career or whatever that you could end up building something you really love out of yeah and I think it's interesting what you said about how you know um you didn't go to school for this, but it's something that was kind of, it was out of, it started from a passion, you know? And, um, and, and, and that probably gives you such a different type of skill set than someone who did like study it, right? Because you're, you're called to it by, um, you probably pick up a bunch of different kind of like street smarts or like skills. Yeah, I had to figure it way. out. Exactly. And to the result of that is people say to me, and I always laugh because people hire me all the time from LA and now that's not, not that's the norm now. Yeah. When I used to, you know, initially I was laughing, going, here I am in Toronto, LA is the land of publicists and I'm consistently, you know, getting clients from there. And then they would always say to me, people would say to me, well, you do for me, but things, you know, no other publicist has done this for me. Yeah. And I think because I didn't, you know, I didn't go to publicity school to learn what the box is much to me, anything that you know is, is in the realm of what the public is going to see from my client. Mm -hmm. That's my job to, to me, make elevate them, you know, make it bigger and better. So right. it's not just the press release, it's not just the this, it's whatever I can think of strategically. And I think I think now, you know, with our world being so digital, right? Like everyone 
not everyone, but a lot of people want and have the potential to because um, technology has become so democratized to launch a product or a brand or, or, you know, and, but, you know, without the proper kind of publicity or press coverage, you can't be, you aren't as successful as you could you be. Not. Say with, with, with a book, for example, is a perfect example of that. Authors spend, you know, all kinds of time and money and investment and, you know, everything to get their book together. And then they're all excited and they go to the, put it on Amazon. And then that's such a sad moment for so many because they think it's going to get discovered and it's going to, and honestly, ping, you know, right. nothing. It's literally like if you don't if you don't get PR and marketing too, but if you don't get publicity behind, I always say like I know you just invested all that time and now you thought you were done, but it literally is like having a baby and then putting the baby on the shelf and not feeding the baby. Right. And not so, what do you, what advice do, would do you give to people who are in that position, whether they're an entrepreneur or an author or you know like what is the um, you know, how, what, get yourself out there and like, you know, with, with, you know, with creatives and stuff like that, they're more, you know, okay, yeah, I know I got to get out there, but you know, but the same thing, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a, you know, um, whatever your project is, whether you're an author, whether you're creative, you have to number one, really believe that you could, you know, you're, it's not an ego. Like there's a fine line. People think, Oh, I don't want to promote myself. I'm not egotistical. No, but you have to really believe in yourself too. You have to believe you're a superstar. You have to believe what you have is of value you can't be like oh but why would they want to be talking to me which i see all the time so that same you know confidence that you have that allows you to take people's money for what you do which you believe in yourself or you wouldn't have put that shingle out you wouldn't have said hey i'm you know you obviously believe you're good at what you do or you mm -hmm. wouldn't be asking people to pay you for it so take that same confidence and believe that you know well you have and it doesn't matter whether you're a butcher, baker, candlestick maker, the guy who does the lawn. I honestly, I don't care. All those people could be my clients as well as the as the high profile celebrity because they all have knowledge and, and information that could be a source for media. Right. And, you know, and it's true. I use an example, the lawn care guy. There's a ton of media almost every day. I see opportunities for, that, for the pest control guy. Right. For the, you know, so it doesn't matter. Like, even if you think that your job isn't, you know, glamorous, it doesn't have to be glamorous. Real estate, for example, which, you know, has some glam to it for some reason now, you know, with the TV and everything. Right. But literally every day, I, I laugh because we see real estate is a perfect example. And I talk about it in podcasts a lot because, you know, you can't go out of your house without seeing 10 real estate ads. Real estate agents pay a lot of money for advertising. And they don't know, 90% of them, that every single day there are free media opportunities, everything from Reader's Digest to Life to, you know, Huffington Post or whatever, that are daily looking for sources. Like every single day I see things like, you know, for real simple, for Reader's Digest with a deadline of whatever, I'm looking to speak to a real estate agent who can tell me what color to paint their kitchen for quick sale. Or, right. And so these are all opportunities to get your name, out, to build your brand. And you've talked about, you know, kind of like distinctions between and the importance of both marketing and PR, but, or, you know, publicity, but, you know, why is publicity kind of the thing that someone should maybe invest in more than marketing? Is it because of the eyeballs that the potential of her eyeballs that can be on your product and the, not just the eyeballs but the credibility mm. like there's the perfect i can't remember who said this but it was a, a another publicist and there's a good quote out there that says and i'm not saying it exactly right but basically if uh the difference between pr marketing and was it advertising oh that was something like if the guy and a girl out on a date and the guy tells the girl you know how how brilliant and well connected he is 
that's advertising. If if he tells her how you know smart and attractive and all that stuff she is, well, that's marketing because he's saying the right thing to the right person. <laughs> but PR is if somebody else comes and tells her, you know, how attractive he is and how whatever he is. Oh. So it's that third party credibility. It's that it's that thing that you can't buy. You can buy a publicist's time to pitch you, but you can buy an ad in these the media, but you can't buy your way into the article, not in legitimate media, right? So what, it, it's that difference. It's that when you, and I can, you know, just tell you from my own example, when I started building my own brand over covid before I had no time to build my own brand, I was just too busy doing everybody else's. But then I started, I couldn't travel. So I started doing speaking engagements online and podcasts and all that. And literally you search my name now, I don't even know how many things come up, thousands of things come up from all over the place. Different, but this is different, this way that shows our credibility because so many different individuals have said, oh, you know, clearly she's an expert in what she does. And then when when we do a podcast like this, somebody else, I spend an hour talking, and then somebody else, in this case, you, you know, puts says nice things about me, puts up a profile. I, I'm on your, you know, it helps my SEO, whatever else. Yeah. But that credibility, like you can't create, you know, two thousand people saying that, doing those things for you. That right. comes or get, you know, it starts to be organic when you start to right. prove what you can do, right? So. That's a really it's, good it's, example about the date. I, that's really, um, that's really good. It really is. I read that, and I, I've got to find the the person to be quoted them correctly. I've never heard of them, but they're brilliant. Because, but that explains it all really well, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, you like what are the some of the secrets of that? You know, whether you employ or that you give that you give advice to people like on on how to get media attention, right? If they're kind of like just starting out and like they yeah. have like, yeah. So there's a whole bunch of different platforms and stuff. Like, first of all, before you even utilize any of them, understand the pitch, you know, a pit, the pitch. And mm -hmm. understand the difference between editorial and advertorial, which is really hard for mostly entrepreneurs, you know, on the business side to get into. We all are really good at talking. We know what an ad is. We read ads. We know how to talk about our product like, or service like an ad. But... Um, when you're reaching out to media, wanting media attention, they're not in the business of giving you free advertising. They have ad department. They would love to direct you to the ad department if that's what you're looking for. You have to be a source. So you have to understand that you're giving them information. You're giving them, you know, quality. You know, so it's, it's different than perfect example is. Um, so, okay. So first you have to understand that. And then I'll tell you where you would see these things. And then I'll go back to that. So yeah. there's a lot of, remember I said that you see a lot of things like, you know, Reader's Digest with a deadline of two o'clock on Friday or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you can access those services. Some of those um, places where I find those things are free and any entrepreneur can go to. Other things are, I spend hundreds of dollars a month, you know, on sources that, you know, you know, to go to find these things, but right. basically free ones are Hero, help a reporter out. Uh, and that's uh, just a service you can sign up for like three emails a day and they have all kinds of different, you know, industries and whatever else you spend like an hour a day going through them to see if it fits you. And then you can email them with your bio and your answers to their questions and um, you may get chosen and boom, you're in uh, Reader's Digest, boom, you're in Chatelet. You know, this literally I get my clients and New Yorker, all kinds of major media just using those. So some of the free ones are Help a Reporter Out, Source Bottle, which is a website that is mostly Australian, but sometimes has other things in it. 
Also, there's a hashtag, just a hashtag. If you go to Twitter, hashtag journal request, like J-O-U-R-N-O request. A lot of that, those ones are UK, but still, again, you'll see some good ones. Yeah. Hero is mostly American. And then there are services that you pay for, like Quoted, Q-W-O-T-E-D, um, which is $200 a month or something like that. And again, these are all different platforms where reporters who are looking for quick sources go. So that's key. The one where to find them is one thing, but secondly is don't start answering them until you really understand the difference between editorial and advertorial. Because you have to be answering their questions, not just you know looking for an ad. A perfect example, again, a Reader's Digest one, they were doing a, a request, you know, looking for companies in the, in the construction space to, to give advice on you know, the article was going to be about some bathroom renovations that you can do on your own. And they were looking for companies to give advice for people to do renos. So I had a potential client or a client, you know, I said, oh, look, you have this opportunity. And I had to train him on what they're looking for because his answer was basically, he literally gave me a thing saying, well, bathroom renovations are really difficult. So you should just hire a company like Bob's renovation Okay, yeah, no, Reader's Digest is not going to print that when they're doing an article on bathroom renovations. Right. They're not going to print a quote. Well, Bob says this is too hard, so hire Bob. Oh, yeah. Like one of my clients said to me after six weeks of working together, literally, she said, you changed my business in my life. Wow. And when I said, well, yeah, that's quite the accolade. What do you mean? She said, you made it, in her case, it was investors, but it could have been, it could have been directors. It could have been whatever her thing was. She said, you've made investors take us more seriously. Wow. Boom. Because she, they saw the articles. So that differentiates. And then the potential awards and, you know, it just differentiates. Even, even your great aunt Edna, oh, you're doing really well, honey, where they weren't paying attention before. So the media just amplifies so it's kind of like in one of those advertorial articles, it's about providing value, right? Providing the bathroom renovation tips. And then it's coming from a trusted, you know, bathroom renovator. And then, so it's kind of like, not like, hey, hire me. It's much more subtle. Because clearly you've, um, you've proven yourself and you know right. yourself. Don't worry. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, so if you're like me, you love to entertain, and with the holidays right around the corner, I'm already thinking about what I should be making. Um, when my brother, Sean, and his girlfriend, Natalie, came to visit me last in L.A., I made them this next-level delicious pasta from a company called Wild Grain, and it tasted just as good as our Italian grandmother's handmade pasta. Seriously. Wild Grain is the first bake-from-frozen box for artisanal bread, pasta, and pastries, and I love it because they only use clean ingredients like unbleached flour and non-GMO flour and a slow sourdough fermentation process so it tastes way better than anything you're going to get in a grocery store. Trust me. This holiday season, Wild Grain is featuring delicious new limited-time sweet treats like pumpkin cinnamon rolls, orange cranberry biscuits, and chocolate avalanche croissants, which are going to be my favorite, I can already tell. All you have to do to get these is sign up at wildgrain.com slash Kyle and choose which type of box you want to receive and how often. It's easy to reschedule, skip, or cancel too. So if you're hungry already, for a limited time, you can get $30 off your first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash Kyle to start your subscription. You heard me? Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash Kyle. That's wildgrain.com slash Kyle. Or you can use promo code Kyle at checkout. And you also like help 
people are kind of like give advice and have written articles on like how to get to like the top of your industry. Right. So aside from like having the self-belief, which you talked about before, like kind of like starting from that place, what are some other like tactics that you kind of recommend to kind of be that industry like stand out? Yeah, talk about what you do. Yeah, and also one. speaking engagements, if you're comfortable with it too, like look look for the speaking engagements, look for just opportunities to talk about what you do as opposed to just doing what you do. Yeah. That's, you know, when you get into the thought, thought, thought leadership and those little phrases that are buzzwords and everything. But basically talk and think about not just speaking, like speaking to your industry, but then also opportunities to speak outside of your industry about your industry. You kind of touched on this before, but when when you have enthusiasm for what you're doing, like that's contagious, right? Other people like pick up on that too, and and want for to sure. talk about it. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And that's the one thing too. If you're looking beyond, you know, you beyond what you can do for yourself, and you are at the stage where you might be considering a publicist, what do you look for in a publicist? Aside from the enthusiastic red-haired girl, that's what I always think you should look for. But, but number one thing you should look for is somebody who assuming they have the skills, is enthusiastic and understands your project. Because I actually think it's not ethical to take on something that you're not thrilled about, in my view, because you just won't get it. You just don't. So if I, if somebody tells me about their project and I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I can see that, then really that shouldn't be a project. I'm not a publicist for that. Have you... Because I should be like, I should already have, and I usually do, 15 ideas before they even stop talking. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, you know. And if I understand it and I'm enthusiastic about it, I'm going to understand their audience. I'm going to understand their, you know. Yeah. We're, we're generalists. We can figure it out. I mean, we can figure it out. Even early on in your career, did you were you in a position where, you're like, you're building your business and you're just, and you were kind of, and you took on clients, you were less than enthusiastic to, like, take on? Um, yeah, in the early days, I, I, I wasn't at the point where I was like, you know, like I would be more doing some more generic things. I mean, not not that I wouldn't be, I would never, ever, ever take on because I'm an activist at heart. So I never took on yeah. something that I'm not excited about True. or that I wouldn't like. There were projects that, you know, I'm not as super enthusiastic. Like now everything, I'm, I'm at the point of my career where I don't have to take on anything that doesn't like, I mean, I have to, you know, I'm like, I get to be excited about everything. Yeah. But before when I would have to balance, well, I don't want to say no to something that has no money. But, you know, nothing ever came, like, I guess because the, the path that I came from, like nothing ever was presented to me that was, like I've never, I mean, I've never worked for like a big tobacco or a big alcohol company or a big corporation or big, you know, yeah. I, I worked for big corporate stuff, but mostly like on the Hollywood side or the whatever. Like I, I never was in a position or had to be in a position where I had to, you know, not be like like i'm thrilled that you know young activist me would still be proud of yeah. you know, corporate me. <laughs> yeah. that's important to me and that's, that's probably, important to me. that probably speaks to why you're successful you know is because you you've taken on things that you've um had a fondness for and and an excitement about you know for sure and now we laugh because we're still friends with jimmy dennis i i could, I, I have to tell you People look him up because it once I spent 20 years saying, please help us save his life. And now I can say, Jimmy Dennis, he's a he's an RB artist now. We're his publicist. So available on all streaming platforms. <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to say that instead of like, please help me save his life. Wow. You know? <laughs> That's so, so fitting. That's such a fitting. Yeah, I mean, really, of course you're so we be always say now, I, I always say we did so we still talk almost every day, my husband and I to Jimmy Dennis. Wow. And and um, whenever he has a moment when he's a little bummed out or depressed about something we all do, we always say, you know what? We didn't get this far to only get this far. 
like, look where we started. It's incredible. We were just a couple of activists, you know, doing some sales job when we were 28. And he was on death row. Who's listening to him? Right. And now he's an R&B artist with Hollywood paying attention. There's more of that story that will be coming soon. Yeah. And we're like, by the time he gets out, you know, award-winning publicists, we laugh our heads off. We're like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> you know, and, you know, here we are at Canon at Hollywood. And I just got off a conference call this morning with a 20, like a, a well-known person with a 20-year history in film and television about a new project that I'm working on with her. And like, mm -hmm. that just all came from, you know, we couldn't have imagined that. Mm -hmm. But it, anyway, the long story of that, the short story, the long story, whatever, is that, you know, honestly, you never know what's going to happen nothing is beyond you do things whether it's an activist cause whether it's something you care about whether it's you know or whether it's a dream to be an artist dream to be an actor dream to start a business you know yeah. what's the difference between people who do things and people who don't you just you know there's no difference between you and the guy on tv or you and the one on the award stage other than they just got themselves out there to do it they're mm -hmm. not that's it so just you find these opportunities and, you know, we're all in front of this computer now, which is a world of opportunity. Again, look at, honestly, go, go away from this and look at Harrow, look at Source Bottle, look at, you know, all of those things and just start to get your head around, you know, getting yourself in media, what you can do yeah. to build your own expertise. How does the media, if you can give us and like the listeners some insights on like how the media decides who they want to cover or interview. Yeah, well, there is a question. <laughs> None of us ever really know. And it's funny, sometimes, you know, people will say when they're hiring you, oh, which media do you have contacts with? <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> like everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, like I've got them out of the content. And, but even, you know, where I've placed people before, like in Canada, literally almost any media you can name, and then stateside, tons too. Um, but it doesn't make a difference when you start a project. That's not the right question to ask because that doesn't mean that I'm going to be able to get you into that media just right. because I got you know somebody else. Because every and, and even if my best friend was the is the anchor, <clears throat> where I have friends that are in you know high positions in media, but even they can't put on any story they want just because they feel like putting it on. So it doesn't fit. matter. It has to be. It's about the audience. It's about the story. So, so it's all about crafting the message. So my job is primarily you know, to have the contacts and the connections, but then that, that's only half the thing. That, that only means they open my email, which is huge. But it's my job to like craft that story, to take that client and figure out where their story will be taken. What, who is their audience who, so, you know, taking their story, crafting it, then, then going to my contacts and trying to sell it to each of those contacts. But it's if you send stuff that's like about it, you know, it's like a sale for a media release. We're having a sale, right? You know, they're never going to open that up again, right? So you've lost that potential. So don't do that. Make sure that you're sending something that is potentially for their newsworthy for their audience, and then it's up to them to decide. So we never know sending something out. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, I'm going to wake up in the morning. There's going to be ten people. They're all going to be wanting this story, and it's crickets. Nothing. Yeah. And then another time you do something, you're thinking, ah, I'm putting this one out because the client wants it out and it's sort of good, like, but I don't really expect a, a, a pickup. It's more for me thinking the news to let the news know about it, even though they're not going to. And then all of a sudden I get three. So sometimes you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you don't know because it's better. It's, it's the story. It's the audience. But sometimes it's the timing. Sometimes it's because they're not going to be talking about anything but the war in Ukraine this week or because or or, or COVID or so sometimes some things just like literally take over so mm. much of the news 
there's not much room for other stuff. And so you have yeah. to know how to balance that and everything too. It's all, and, I, and you know, if, you, if anybody's interested and just wants a consult, personal consult to get their head around how it could kind of help their business, I'm happy to do that too. How much of your job is spent kind of fostering connections? Because connections are, you know, everything I would assume in PR, right? Yeah, it really is. And, and it's not even just with the media necessarily, it's everything. Like I invest, like can't, I went to the Cannes Film Festival. I didn't have a project, particular project um, to advance at the Marshall Film this year, but I went mostly just as a recognizance mission because we're like, oh, you know what? Oh. It's what it's spent, we spent nearly $20,000 between me and my husband to go this year with all the, last minute cost and the Armani suit and whatever, you know, because yeah. you, you're going to can. I mean, you gotta you know, go. Yeah. You gotta do it all. <laughs> so, but you know what, that was the connections, even from there, the connections that I walk away from with that, the connections that I can use to further, you know, advance the next person's thing in there. That it's all, that is gold in our industry. Right. And then the last thing I was going to ask you was about, you know, about when, whether it's a business or a personal brand, like an author or an actor, um, in terms of taking a stance on on political or kind of hot cultural issues sure. like in the moment, you know, like, and because you come from an activist background, I know that you probably have a lot of opinions on this, but where, because I think it can be, here's what I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I think that if you take a stand, you know, you, it can be polarizing, right? So it can be, yeah. you could lose... 25% of your audience, but the audience that you have might be 10 times more invested in what your message is. Yeah, for sure. Here's what I say about that. And, it, and this is so, okay. And we've seen, especially over COVID and over 10 different things, Black Lives Matter and a whole bunch of things that were polarizing to a lot of people. Yeah. We've seen some, I don't know if you've seen on social media, but I certainly have in two years and I deleted a lot of people for a lot of different reasons, dude. But I, and I, we've certainly seen people do harm to themselves by going down rabbit holes or even sort of by just sharing one meme or sharing one thing and they're like you're like whoa with that they may not even realize what they're sharing or the background of it so what i say to people is whether it's business or you're as an actor or whatever go down that road very carefully i will never say not to do it as an activist because I, I i to me like that you know activism is the rent you pay like somebody said for living on the planet yeah. sometimes you have to and, and i and you know i don't and, but, but i mean you have to know like basically know a bunch of things know that you're getting into a shit storm where you could be number two so do not go there unless you're ready for it so if you actually feel like passionate about something and this is you know your cause and you're whatever then you want to do it you know then you put your business on the line put yourself on the line that's what we do you know yeah. when you care about something but understand that's what you're doing and so only do it if you know don't don't do it because you think it's cool or you heard a meme or something like don't even go there especially like meme politics don't press share Right. And you really get it because I've seen good people that I that they're lucky that I know what they're all about share stuff that's extremely questionable even maybe not the, the thing that they shared might be random okay but then you see like what it what group it comes from or whatever on but and there and I'm like do you know what that is oh right. I have no idea have an idea because I almost I would have deleted you I would have yeah. blocked your ass for that. You know, you know what I mean? And I'm not about canceling people, but there's some things that you don't. So basically know what you're getting into. Don't go there if you, for any reason other than you 
passionately want to make a statement and that you're willing to put your life on the line and your business on the line for it. Because sometimes you should, you yeah. know? So it's it's more important than money, and or and and in terms of losing clients, sure you might lose clients, but you may also get others. Even the whole like no, if you were advising someone on how to start a career in PR and media, public relations, being a voice for other people and their businesses, you would never say go start by taking a, a extremely controversial issue like the death penalty. Like because now looking back on it, oh, it was an innocent person, sure. But at the time, that's not what they hear when you're talking about the death penalty and, the, you know, an extremely hot button controversial issue like that. And then expect to build a career later where other people are hiring you to be their spokesperson. It's completely, you know, you would never expect that to happen. When it comes to the political thing or whatever, it's so easy to think you know what you're talking about. And it sounds great in the moment. And really, you have no idea of the implications or who you're pissing off or who you're hurting or what you you know what you're actually talking about. So you're so that's not a good time to get into a cause. You know, like, oh, I, I don't like, you know, though these Black Lives Matter people, for example, they're just you don't know what you're talking about. You don't have the first clue, and you are really uh, you're not doing yourself any favors. That's great. And <laughs> I just don't know why I thought of this when you were speaking, but you know, like, would you like recommend <laughs> this is maybe off topic, but would you recommend like Googling someone like that you maybe are like met on like a date or you're starting like a relationship with? Like, do you think it's a good idea to like Google someone before you like get to know them better? I don't know. I always do. <laughs> I, think, I do too. And also jobs. Like I see some media asking this question, you know, do you, do you, are you an employer who Googles someone before hiring? What do you mean there's employers who don't? <laughs> right. Come on. Everybody's Googling their social media. Of course you would. Why would you not? Yeah. You know? Why would you not? You could Google their social media and find something really disturbing. <laughs> you know, those right. kind of, like, you know. And I don't mean if they drank or smoked a joint that day or whatever. I'm talking, I mean, everyone lives. I don't that matters. No, yeah. These day and age. But I mean. Something ideologically like different than you, like you'd want to know that before you bring them on board, you know? Yeah, like, and I'm definitely, you know, like exactly. If they're going to be some pro problematic and hating on everybody and they're not going to be friendly and they work with, yeah. I'm going to know that by their social media, <laughs> you know? I agree. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking some time to chat. I think this was very beneficial. You gave some great nuggets of wisdom and... Yeah, thanks so much. Thank I might have you. To, I had a ton of fun. Thank I'm, you so much for the invitation. I know. I might have to email you about me being my publicist. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it.